You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Harlem is a show about and for and by black women celebrating their joy, their power, and their range. In a world filled with homogenous entertainment where black women and the people who love them are eager to see and celebrate the joy, power, and range of black women, Harlem is a show to root for, a show to talk about, a show to see and see yourself in. The series stars Megan Good as Camille, Grace Byers as Quinn, Shaniqua Shendai as Angie, Jerry Johnson as Ty, and Tyler Lepley as Ian. Additional reoccurring guest stars include Whoopi Goldberg, who plays Dr. Elise Pruitt, a brilliant, intense new department head at Columbia University with a warmth that has a fragile on and off switch, as well as actors Jasmine Guy, Andrea Martin, Robert Richard, Juani Feliz, Kate Rockwell, and Sullivan Jones. Created, written, and executive produced by Tracy Oliver, Harlem is a bold and tuned-in comedy following four smart, hilarious, stylish, and ambitious best girlfriends in Harlem, New York City. Watch the new Amazon original series Harlem, available December 3rd on Prime Video. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie, and this episode is hosted by Stacy. We are excited to bring to you this incredible episode featuring some fantastic entertainers in Hollywood. We are pleased to present to you our first guest, actor Coleman Domingo. He's a writer as well as a director, and he's known for his performances on stage and screen. He's gained acclaim for his performance as Mr. Bones in the Broadway musical The Scottsboro Boys in 2011, which he earned a Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Musical. He is also known for his performances in the films Lincoln, Selma, If Beale Street Could Talk, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Zola. And on TV, You've seen him in the HBO series Euphoria and currently in AMC's Fear the Walking Dead, which is what we are going to be talking about in this very first segment. In our second segment, we welcome the cast of Psych 3, This Is Gus, the latest installment in the adventures of one of television's most beloved duos. In preparation for a shotgun wedding before the birth of baby Guster, Sean, and Groomzilla, Gus go rogue in an attempt to track down Celine's estranged husband as Lasseter grapples with the future of his career. Psych is a quick-witted comedy about police consultant Sean Spencer, who, with the help of his best friend and reluctant sidekick Gus, 
solves crimes with the powers of observation so acute that he led the Santa Barbara PD to believe that he's psychic. Psych started off as a TV series in 2006 and has since been adapted into three films. Featured in this segment is actors Dulé Hill, Jasmine Simon, and Alan Maldonado. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. So I was thrilled to be able to talk with you about this episode of Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> sure, my love. No problem. Let's do it. Wonderful. <laughs> um, as you know, my name is Stacy. I am with Black Girl Nerds. And I, um, so, okay, when it comes to shows about zombies, <laughs> that's not my ministry. That's not my demographic. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will not watch a zombie show for zombies. What I like is watching people kind of push to their limits and seeing yes. kind of how they react in these kind of situations. And so what I love about Victor is he's always kind of pushed to the edge of being people, you know, like, there's, he's, <laughs> right? There's something about his humanity that is, he, he loves to go as far away from it as he can. And right when he's about to jump off and just say, I'm about to be a monster, something kind of pulls him back. And I feel like, especially in this episode, this is about the furthest to the edge that we've seen. And he's kind of teetering. Is that fair to say? Is that kind of a good assessment of Victor? That is a phenomenal assessment. <laughs> I think that he's pushed to his limits. He has become victorious as the leader of his own civilization. And he doesn't want that challenged. And so he knows that there are not only threats outside that are coming, but now there's a threat within. The fact that he's been poisoned in his own home is very Shakespearean. Yeah. So he's like, someone did it. Who did it? I trust no one. Everyone has a reason to be against me in some way. I know you're all working with me, but it's it's funny. It's almost like, it's a terrible thing to, to analogy, but every so often in this industry, you feel like, okay, are people for me or are you not for me? Mm -hmm. I can't tell. I think you are, but then you just did that thing. So right. I'm unsure. So it's like, it's maybe, it's maybe it's the problem of an artist, but it's, but it's also the problem, the problem of like someone in power like Victor Strand, mm -hmm. where I think that it's, he needs to know for sure, are you team Victor or are you not? And if you're in between, I'm going, to, I'm going to have to throw you off the roof. Right. It's, it's, I, 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 I think he's that pragmatic. He's like, you can't have it in a gray way. Mm -hmm. The gray doesn't work for him. I think that he, he needs to know for sure. Are you team me or not? It's all or and nothing. When it, and when it, and yeah, it, it's all or nothing. I think that's where, I think that's the way he loves. That's the way he cares about people. That's the way he dedicates himself. I actually really admire that in Victor Strand. Do I admire some of the villainous acts he does? Not so much, but I can understand <laughs> why. I can understand because he's thought about it and thought it through. It's never actually just like an impulse. He's like, no, I've thought it through and I've done the math and I've run the numbers and you are not about it. You gotta go. Or I've run the numbers and I've, you know, I've, I've added up the receipts and I say, okay, you are a teammate. You've got some work to do. I'm gonna give you a chance. So I think he gives people chances. He's on probation. He, he, <laughs> yeah, you're on probation, you get warning shots, but then he's like, okay, I've got I've to do the worst to you now. <laughs> That's right. 
Well, we see that a lot, especially in this episode, even in the first scene, it was just so powerful to me when he's getting his portrait taken. And he says the Oscar Wilde quote about, you know, the portrait often being a portrait of the artist and not the sitter. And he was like, I don't want to picture you. You make the picture of me. <laughs> and That's I, my favorite line. Oh, I, I cried. I was like, yes, this is perfect. But then later he says that um, I think it's to uh, his helper who the young man from um, uh, American yes. Gods. Yeah. Yes. I love Howard. him. Absolutely adore him. But he was like, um, you know, I can look into a man's eyes and immediately assess who he is, what kind of person he is, what kind of, you know, spirit they have. And then he encounters himself in this portrait and is like, throw it off the roof. <laughs> you know, like, I don't like it. What is it that you think Victor wanted to see? And then what it is that you think that he saw? I think like he laid out, I think the what he saw, what the painter did was something aesthetically beautiful and pleasing and what she saw, the way she imagined this thing in front of her. Did she, did she do what he asked her to do, which was really examine who he is? Mm -hmm. By the time we get to the end and we see that portrait and it's ripped to shreds and stepped on by walkers and all and bloody, he's like, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's how complicated I am. That's how beautiful and grotesque and intelligent and fucked up <laughs> I am. So when I, when I say see me, I say really see me. I don't want this imagined version of me, this lie. See the truth. So I think that's what he's really about. See the truth, don't, don't bullshit me. And he said, so I think if, 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 if that picture was a bit more garish in that way from the beginning, he was like, you see me, yeah. Oof. Yeah, task well done, yeah. <laughs> but that's a way, it's, it's such a specific way to see yourself. And mm -hmm. what is it, I guess kind of what do you access to be able to bring that through? What is it about Victor that is relatable in the way where when he sees himself kind of as a monster, as someone who is kind of reproachable <laughs> you know what i think he sees i think the thing that I, I i try to make sure i see myself as this thing i'm complicated i think victor says i'm complicated i'm not i'm if you're just looking at something aesthetically beautiful you're not seeing who i really am you're, you're not you're actually not listening to me you're actually not seeing me the way i see myself he, he's like he could probably say i threw a person off the building this morning why does that picture look like this right <laughs> He said, that's not me. Mm -hmm. Really see me. See me the way I see myself. And I think that would, because I think, I think he's in search of that, not only in that portrait, but in the world. He's right. like, I need a partner, someone who really sees me. That's why that partnership with Madison works so well. Mm -hmm. Madison really saw him for all that he was, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Alicia does the same. Mm -hmm. Nick did the same. Anyone who's had some history. Daniel Salazar sees Victor for who he really is. And in this tower, Victor is isolated and no one knows him in his most complicated way. And I think it starts to really wear on him. You know, they just see him as, you know, yes, sir. That's why he even said, I love that he says, no, sir, don't call me, sir. Mm -hmm. I'm just Victor. <laughs> Which is you know? kind of funny because it's like he's trying to be a benevolent dictator. And, you know, that kind of sounds like an oxymoron. But to him, it's yes. like, yeah, I want you to fear me. But also, you know, 
we can be cool. But, but, <laughs> but know my name. Call me Victor. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But <laughs> so it is very complicated. It's very it's a very complicated relationship that I think Victor may need, like, you know. 50 hours a week on the on the therapist couch for you know listen at the like the very last moment when he says like bring me the baby <laughs> and i was like oh no what's he gonna do he's like well she got to know her new daddy and i was like oh i was like okay <laughs> so it's on it is on <laughs> there was something just so fantastic about that moment tell us kind of what <laughs> what do you think victor's plans are what's going through his head <laughs> again i think victor lives moment to moment and in that moment i think with the isolation and mistrust of people in his kingdom he needs something to fill a hole mm. I don't know if he's as evolved to understand what it means to be a father to this right. child. <laughs> yeah. But I do believe that on a guttural level, he needs something to fill that hole right now. And moment to moment, he said, hmm, that baby made me feel something. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it was, but I need that. Okay, you know what? This is my kingdom. I'm going to be the father. Mm-hmm. Bring me that baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also love, I was thinking, I was like, is he trying to make a new Alicia? Is he trying to make a new, you know, a new Madison, a, a new someone? Or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's like, I can, maybe I can mold this child into something at the end of the day, who loves me? Someone who respects me, who sees me the way I want them to see me. I can groom this relationship. <laughs> I'm looking, I need a partner in some way. And I think sometimes, you know, when I love when women say, in particular, I've heard women say, you know, and my mother said this about my sister. It's like, oh, I gave birth to my best friend. Mm-hmm. I think that he sort of wants that. He said, oh, I, you know what I mean? I guess I will, I'll groom this to be my, you'll be my partner in life, you know? And there's Can't something- yeah. yeah, there's something sweet about that and something terrifying about that. Yes, and I don't is. know which way I land. <laughs> Good. I think that's the way to be. Well, it was an absolutely wonderful episode, and I'm stoked for the next one. Do you have anything else that you're working on now, like anything in the pipeline that you want to talk about? Uh, uh, yes, I'm actually, I'm actually shooting um the Bayard Rustin biopic Ooh, um, um, yes. it's produced by it's produced by Netflix and um Barack and Michelle Obama mm-hmm. and um it's directed by George C. Wolf and I'm starring as Bayard oh. Rustin and I'm shooting right now in Pittsburgh actually and we're um it's a beautiful film and we really get to highlight this uh legendary gay icon who organized the march on washington i was gonna say civil rights yeah activists and it's so funny because his is one of the stories um i was at the summer for outfest and they were talking about how gay history gets lost so i love that we're starting to bring those stories out and bringing those uh to the forefront because he was such an important figure truly he gets he gets his due front and center and uh, has a beautiful cast that supports um, as well, I've had people like um, Glenn Turman and Chris Rock uh, and Audrey McDonald. Um, it's a beautiful cast, and I'm having the time of my life. 
Well, I'm excited. And also, I'm, if you ever have a jam session, because <laughs> that's a lot of musical wonderfulness, you just record Thank it you. and send it to me. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready. I, I will. And I will tell you this. We have a Bottomless Brunch that just started premiering again. But now yes. it's, on, um, it's on Linear TV on um, IFC TV. Wonderful. And so, um, so now Bottomless Brunch season four. And that's really exciting because we have my next guest up is uh, Cheetah Rivera. Ooh. And- yeah, I've had, you know, Danielle Brooks and Ephraim Sykes and these great people. So we're having a good time. It's so such I'm a doing- fun show. I love it. Well, bless you, kind sir. Thank you so much for taking this time to talk with me and to talk with us. And um, yeah, wish you nothing but the best and can't wait for the next episode of Fear the Walking Dead. Thank you, Stacey. I appreciate you. Thank Bye-bye. you. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. All right, call me old school, but I still have a generous collection of CDs that I keep with me. And even to this day, I still buy CDs. I love them, they're great. I have no problem with having a large collection of CDs. Do not judge me. Also, I still have a lot of DVDs and I fire up DVDs on the player every now and then when I wanna watch a movie and just chill for the weekend. But you know what? There is a place where you can get CDs, DVDs, vinyl, Blu-rays, and even cassettes, UHD. It's called CD Universe. They sell music and movies and all physical media, no streaming or downloads. They're an actual small business in Connecticut with only about a dozen employees, and they compete directly with the big box stores. They ship nationally and internationally. I think this is really cool that they're kind of going back to the old school days of when we used to listen to music and watch movies. They are internet retailers and have been around since 1996. The site is safe and secure with award-winning professional customer service. They specialize in imports and hard to find items, which that is really good, especially if you're someone that wants to go a little retro and nostalgic with your collection and they have a way bigger selection than local stores. There's lots of vinyl that's always on sale. I think vinyl is making a comeback because I'm seeing record players everywhere where you can buy it. And there are new titles such as music and movies that are also on sale prior to its release, box sets and collections that are awesome gifts for big fans. We know the holidays are arriving, so this is now a good time to stock up. And they have lots of lower price items for stocking stuffers and CDs and cassettes are perfect stocking stuffers in my opinion. So BGN listeners, we like to treat our listeners right. So you will get 10% off your first order by visiting cduniverse.com slash BGN. That's cduniverse.com slash BGN for 10% off your order. All right, so this is Gus, Psych 3, the third movie, and it is centered around the wedding between Selene and Gus, and it features our real-life wonderful couple here of Jasmine and Dulay. So what is it like kind of working together and going through, especially since the wedding is so kind of sped up, we have a pregnancy, we have the wedding, everything is happening at once. What's it like to kind of portray all of that? I mean, look, if you're going to be 
pretend married to anybody, it's pretty <laughs> cool to be pretend really married to somebody. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I couldn't think of a better husband on TV or real life. So it's always so fun to be able to work with Dulé in this capacity. And I think, you know, a lot of people do weddings like this. It's called a shotgun wedding. <laughs> so why not us to portray it? And it was a lot of fun. And I would marry you all over again. You see, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we, we got married once and we loved it so much. You said, you know what? Let's do it again on camera. Let's yes. try it again. <laughs> I love that. So this um, the season, it has a lot, or the, for the movie, it has a lot to do with Lassie kind of, you know, finding his place. And really, we see a lot of Gus really trying to cement his future and still kind of convincing Sean that, you know, you still have a place in this. You're still a part of this. Uh, what is it like kind of bringing uh, Selene into that mix? <laughs> to that that mix of you know you would and and Sean. Well, I mean, you know, for throughout the seasons, Gus was always trying to find his his match, <laughs> his companion. You know, he, he was always looking for that. He was always looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> and so, so for, him, for him to be able to find or meet up with Selene, and now to be able to start to see this dream realized, I think it's a great thing for Gus. Of course, in Gus fashion, it's not going to go. <laughs> as according to plan there's going to be some pitfalls along the way and then that's what this whole movie is about is figuring out what i guess what stories have been missing in terms of selene's history gus fell in love so quickly i don't think he did his due diligence to really know exactly <laughs> what's going on <laughs> unlike selene who had a complete background check exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> she knew everything well, One I of them did their due diligence. It just wasn't Gus. It just wasn't <laughs> Gus, exactly. That was not Gus. <laughs> there was a line in the movie where uh, the chief, she says, we can't leave it to these men to save themselves. Like, let's go save these men. And I feel that's kind of standard. <laughs> Even in the midst of comedy, there's always um, the maximum amounts of truths in there, you know? And I think for... Psych 3, that was one of the more truthful lines that can go beyond the world of Psych. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go save these men. Well, now in the movie, we have kind of a wrench thrown in, especially with Alan uh, Maldonado's character, where, you know, it's the ex-husband, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, what is that like? Kind of Because I know during the second movie, we had the issue with the nurse and we kind of saw, you know, Selene was like a little bit jealous. It was like, uh -uh, not my man. Are we going to kind of see that from Gus in regards to her ex? Well, you know, I think Sailor Day and Gus are two peas in a pod. They're just <laughs> opposite sides of the coin. So if you saw Sailor Day getting a little rattled because of, you know, uh, Sarah Chalky's character, then I'm confident that you're going to see <laughs> Gus getting rattled when you have Alan Maldonado showing up, <laughs> you know? So I think there'll be a lot of comedy that should be, that should come out of that. I think the audiences will love it. And it'll be an interesting journey to see what, I guess what histories they unravel as they go forward. There we go. <laughs> I really enjoy just the dynamics that the show has just created over the years. Like Sean and Gus have a very particular kind of way of being with each other, but Gus and Lassie have a way and Gus and Jules. And of course, 
Gus and Selene, what is kind of the defining characteristic of your um, relationship on the show? And then what is your defining characteristic of your relationship in real life? Hmm. I would say that in the movies that Selene is on, Gus doesn't like it, but she's the cheetah in the relationship. She is the the forceful one. She's the one that would wear the pants in the relationship. Like she, she knew what she wanted and she went out and got it and nothing was going to stop her. And I think that's what adds to the comedy because historically that's Gus when it comes to every woman, he's the, he's the cheetah and he wants to be the cheetah in their relationship. She just doesn't know how to let him. She's just so madly in love with him that (laughs) she she needs to steamroll every situation to make sure that everything goes her way and I think in our real life that Jasmine allows Dulé to wear the pants in the relationship and I think that that's a good flip in the movie that she's just so aggressively (laughs) cheetah and in our relationship he's the cheetah I think in our I I would say in our relationship we we make a good team you Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying there's different different avenues of life, and we have different leadership roles. Yes. And where where it's best suited is that that's the person who takes the lead. Well, that's how kind of, yeah, Jasmine doesn't steamroll Dulé. But go, going back to Selene, though, I will say, and only really dawned on me just now, is Selene really is like a female Sean for Gus because if you look back at <laughs> Sean and Gus over the years. It was always Sean taking him down some wild roads. And I think there's a part of Gus that really enjoys that, even though he doesn't really ever admit it. And in Selene, it's that same dynamic. Him being with, with Selene, there's always, it's never going to be just a, a smooth and straight road. It's going to be hills and valleys, twists and turns, back flips, front flips. And I think he really, he really enjoys that, even though he, he will never truly admit it. I love that you said that because as soon as I was kind of, you know, introduced to the Selene character, I was like, oh, Sean's not going to like her because Sean is her. <laughs> you know, it's like, and she's taking, you know, part of Gus's affection that, you know, used to kind of all belong to him. Mm-hmm. And I love that he, oh, um, there was a joke in the second movie with Sarah Chalky and she was like, I see the nerdy white guy with the sexy black sidekick <laughs> thing or these are my new scrubs, you know? Right. It's like, oh, but there is something so magnetic about that type of relationship. And especially when you kind of bring, when you're able to bring love interest into that without breaking up that dynamic, it Mm -hmm. is something that's very successful. And I think that the show, uh, the movie does it in spades. It's wonderful. I think, uh, sorry, babe. I think what we need in in the next psych movie is that scene between Selene and Sean. We can (laughs) think each other, you're me. No, you're, you're me. me. No, <laughs> you're me. <laughs> I think the relationship between Selene and Juliet helps ease Sean's anxiety a little bit because as much as Selene loves Gus, she also loves them and she loves Juliet. And I think that as long as he knows that Selene is not taking all of Gus's time, that he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Yeah. And, I, and you know, look, and I'll say for me, these psych over the years we've all grown into a family it's so much fun working with everybody and with Gus finding his love interest I couldn't ask for a better partner to share that screen time with than my wife Jasmine Simon she's phenomenally talented (laughs) and I do have to tell you I do have to tell you before we go how talented she is she has a new children's book coming out okay by Penguin Random House being published by Penguin Random House 
called Most Perfect You. And it is a Aww. phenomenal book. And it just shows to the next, it shows the different levels of Jasmine Simon, where beyond her being a phenomenal actress, she's a brilliant, brilliant ch uh, children's author. Well, so now, look forward to you all seeing the book. Well, now I'm embarrassed. And he's right. <laughs> Oh, no, like he did too. good. Like he got he got all the points for today. So you're gonna yes. have good. I'm going to I'm going to pay him when this when this is, when we hang up. He's a good kid for being the best PR person I could ever ask for. There yes, you Pre-order well, it. Yep, check it on out. Wherever we're all Actually, while, you're, while you're watching Psych Three, then pre-order the book. Yes. There we go. There we go. No, Psych look, Sailor and Gus are having a baby, so they gotta have a book to read. You know it's, what I'm saying? It's it's Baby Guster's favorite book. Exactly. There you there go. go. <laughs> and, you know, no spoilers, but I was like, you know, in Psych 4, I would actually love to see kind of Selene and, and uh, Sean team up. But then I was like, well, you know, they got close in a different way near the end of this movie. And it was very intimate. <laughs> so Tune in. Tune in. But the Tune good thing is, this is only Psych 3. We still have many more to go. If C. Franks has his way, there'll be many more Psychs to come. So you never know. Uh, Selene and Sean might just team up. There and, you and you'll be home with the baby. And I'll be home with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Can't wait to see it. And Lord knows we need to see Gus being a parent. We need to see Gus oh, being boy. a helicopter parent. I feel sorry for that child. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys have been an absolute blast. Thank you so, so much thank for taking you. this time thank to you. talk with me about this super fun movie. And I wish you the best of luck. And of course, we will definitely put a plug in there for your book. And you. uh, I'm excited. It'll be fun. Thank <laughs> you. Right. Have a great day and happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Time is among us. Thank All the best to you. <laughs> Later. I got to say, I love it. <laughs> it is glorious. But, um, in the movie, when she's going through the IDs, you see all the different <laughs> hairstyles, and it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Gus was like, "You don't know nothing about Afro, Sean." And I was like, "That's a special kind of Afro." Yes. I love it. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, my name is Stacy, and I'm with Black Girl Nerds, and I am very excited for this movie. I am a longtime Psych fan, and it's just such a fun kind of zany, ridiculous show and yeah. just needed in these times. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about kind of how you got involved. Well, you know, uh, me and uh, Dulé, um, I've known him for, well, not to say known him for a while, but we uh, met in passing at a, uh, at a play years ago. Mm. And um, fast forward to the pilot of Wonder Years um, oh, yeah. and, we really, our chemistry was so great during our baseball scene that after that, he reached out, was like, hey, I think there's an opportunity for you in the next one. Would you be interested? I'm like, okay. All right. They sent me the, they sent me the size. I put my audition on tape. Uh, they love what I did. And, they, you know, and I was welcomed uh, to the psych family, man. And what an incredible family to be a part of. Let, let me just say that first and foremost. Um, I've, I, I, I've never been on a, a set with a group of people so loving mm -hmm. as, as a whole from top to bottom. It was, it was, it was beautiful. So I, I definitely shout out to the entire cast and crew of psych for, you know, welcoming me, the new guy to this <laughs> long history of great comedy. Well, I know one of your, uh, the character Alan Decker is named after one of the uh, members of that team who passed away recently. And so I thought that was a very nice tribute. And um, 
I wanted to talk with you about Alan Decker and just about his kind of inclusion. I love that he in, in and of himself is his own force <laughs> to be dealt with. So tell us a little bit about Alan. Oh, uh, but Alan is, uh, he's special, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a special dude. He has a, uh, his own idea of how the world works. <laughs> like, to say the uh, least. Yeah. He's in his own type of bubble that, um, he he lives in and dies for um he's 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 something like again he's he's something special in regards to his love and his desire for his ex-wife let's just say that (laughs) let's just say that well one thing i love is when he's kind of explaining the origin story you know without getting kind of into any spoilers mm-hmm. i did love that he was definitely just an adventurous type and kind of saw that kinship within Selene and the course you know once the once the fervor kind of wears down then you're just left with these two people and you're like wait a minute do we have anything in common right. <laughs> like what's going on right. so um in terms of kind of building out that relationship with Selene, mm. what kind of uh, what kind of things did you do to prepare? Um, well, no, it wasn't really no necessary. Uh, I guess uh, things that we had to do prior to um, to shooting. Um, uh, the chemistry was there from the, from the moment we we began working with each other, so there was no. There, there was no need to, to add anything extra to, um, you know, we just really complimented each other's talent and it was, it was like a fish to water and we just got to play. And, you know, again, like I, like I, like I said, the, the, the entire crew and production welcome you. So with open arms, like you, you, it's, it's a safe space to play as an artist. That's all you look for, you know, is a safe place to really explore, really take chances and just kind of be in these moments and have these natural, organic, comedic reactions. As you know, when it, when you're doing comedy, it has to be fresh every take. Like you can't keep doing the same thing over and over. It just get stale. So when you have two individuals that come together and you just have this, you know, comedic explosion, and that's that's basically how we really set the tone in, in us performing. Well, I know you've done some comedy in the past, and so, um, but I think that Sykes' comedy is very zany, very irreverent, and almost kind of like a verbal slapstick in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, What was it like kind of jumping into that? Did you kind of feel the energy and, you know, did you get to have some fun on set? Of course, like I just love, I love the idea of exploring different uh, comedic tones. Um, like Alan Decker is something totally different than what Cousin Bobby was on the last OG to now Coach Long on Wonder Years. They're all comedies, but different tones and different um, styles. Um, and I was, I was happy to be a part of a watch shows. It, it reminds me of a, not as zany as like a naked gun, but, but growing up watching those, you know, movies really, I really wanted to be a part of those type of comedies. The site kind of, it has that same energy. So it was just fun to get into that particular tone. Now, um, what did you bring anything to it like in terms for your character was there any kind of like actor secret where you're like alan decker is this you know i'm kind of putting this into him 
Um, I kind of leave it to, I know it may sound crazy, but like uh, Mark Wahlberg, that's all, I can, that's all I can think of. That's all I can think of. I was like, Mark Wahlberg, this is, this is Alan Decker. Like, you know what? <laughs> it makes sense. It is on brand. When you, when you see the character, like, there's something about him. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of Marky Market. I ain't going home. It's got a lot of Marky Market. <laughs> I love that. That is hilarious. Now, um, so, you know, we kind of have this open end kind of near the end of the movie. So do you think that we'll see more of Alan Decker? I hope so. I hope so. Again, I, like, like, man, it was, I, I want to feel the love again. Invite me back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to feel the love again. It was, it was beautiful there. Love Canada. Yes, let's go. <laughs> that's awesome I know you also do a lot of writing yeah. and so do you have anything now that you're kind of working on in terms of writing and kind of producing yourself yeah I have several things uh I can't really discuss as they're you know deals in motion so but I do have some things that um that I've created and, and I'm writing and different things that I'm I'm excited for the world to see so uh I can't wait to really Again, tell that different side of my artistry. Um, I'm 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 anxious. I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it, but I, I can wait. You, I will wait. Okay, okay, okay. So I will be <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna lay low, but yeah, it's soon, 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 soon. Well, one thing that I love is that the Hollywood landscape is changing and we are seeing more diverse creators and we are seeing more creators of color that are putting each other on and helping each other out. So I love the story that, you know, Dulé kind of came to you and was like, yo, let's work together. Let's get yes. this done. And yeah. just kind of passing that forward onto the next one. And especially for such a fun role. I, I just feel like you really got to kind of show up and show out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 again, man, they just, they, it was just such an open, it's like playing basketball, man. Mm. And it's like, they would like, they just threw me the ball and said, go to work. And it was like, oh, okay, man. And that's, that's a good feeling when you go into someone else's, you know, right. that that's their home. That's, I, you know, I'm just, I'm a visitor. And it was, it was it was just beautiful to work with them, man. And then what you see on screen is just an, an extension of that love surrounding the whole team and project. Excellent. Well, it's such a fun character and it is a fantastic movie. It is just my little psych heart grew 10 sizes. So it's fantastic. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I, like, I just don't want to be a part of what it like. Oh, that was the one I invested with psych. Right. I, I, don't, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be that person. No, 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 no. no it was fantastic. I didn't, I didn't mess it up. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Alan, for taking this time to talk with me about this great little movie. And I can't wait till more people see that, get their eyes on it and then kind of see what you have out coming out next. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.